Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open 24-7 with hot, fresh food. I'm Dan Kovacevic of VK Pittsburgh Sports, and I'm guessing that means he has to be Ramon. This guy. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Ramon? (laughs) Not much. You can be me, man. You're tall enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's about that's all about all i have uh i have your uh your height and uh that's about it skill set hey the way you work the pen is good now i'll, I'll give you that one i'll tell your you what points. i don't like my chances against geno adkins in the trenches though oh you know? you'll be all right you'll be all right <laughs> be all right for close, half your a second. close your eyes and hold on dk <laughs> we are getting close to actual football and Finally. If, if we sound a little extra excited this week, that's got to be why. Uh, Steelers against the Bills for an opener. That's a really nice matchup that maybe Moan on the national scale might fly a little bit under the radar for, for a good opener, you know? No, it, it may, but I'll say this. This game has a lot of uh, storylines behind it, too, if, if you're smart. You want to see what the young guy, Josh Allen, is going to be like with that offense. If him and Stephon Diggs are what they say they are, you got people picking them to be some Super Bowl contenders. Um, They've made some necessary changes and changed that culture around. And you got to also look on the other side of the tape. Isn't that what they say in competitions? On the other side of the tape. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got Ben coming back from the shoulder. We saw a small sample size of what he did in the preseason game. Um, They're also – Najee Harris is part of this fold. You got a young offensive line that's coming along. Of course, the receiving core is good. And then this defense. Can this Pittsburgh defense hold up against a really good quarterback? We think and Josh Allen. Um, he's proven to be that 248 million or 58 million given this offseason. That that garners a whole lot of attention, man. And um being that, you know, TJ and 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 uh, Cam and those guys are coming off the edge. This is going to be interesting. Oh, I, I think it will. And let's not pretend, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to an offensive lineman, that this is going to be decided anywhere other than right there up front. Yeah, I, I think almost everyone can agree on that in this context. Mm-hmm. Actually, these contexts, both of them, from the Pittsburgh perspective, we've all been talking about the offensive line now for months, and we'll get to that in a second. But Buffalo, the Bills themselves have really retooled their defensive front. It was their greatest disappointment last season. And Brandon Bean, the GM up there, really went out of his way to emphasize one way or another, we're going to figure this out again. Because you think about it, Moan, the Bills were a top three defense two years in a row, and then last year they were anything but. Yeah, and it gives like that it's ebbs and flow of balancing a roster and trying to figure out what do you do next, man. And they did. They went out and did what they were supposed to do, the first two picks. And we, we, we discussed it just a second ago, but they went out and got first two uh, D linemen, the first two yep. picks of this past draft. Of the draft. Two D linemen, first rounder out of Miami, and then Basham out of Wake Forest. Um, yeah, Greg Rousseau to- and Carlos Basham. Greg Rousseau, that's a hell of a name, ain't it? Rousseau. <laughs> Isn't that a cool name right there? If he makes it, boy, it's going to be Greg Rousseau. Like, but um, but the kids are supposed to be good, man. And not only that, on that line, they got a guy, I told you before, it has been around for a long time, Jerry Hughes. 
solid rusher. Ed Oliver's pretty solid. You got Star Loda Lele and Mario Addison, which we've seen a good bit too when we played Carolina uh, every year in the preseason, number one. But every four years when we saw them line up, they have some rushers. Um, it's a matter of fact of can they have depth? Those young guys that they went and got, are they going to be able to fill that void also? Um, you saw it earlier. How many D linemen do they have on their roster? Yeah, right they have, they're carrying 11. I mean, 11. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, and that tells you that the GM is commitment. Uh, doesn't apply only to whoever's lining up for the start of the game. They're probably going to see, uh, the Steelers are, yeah. a pretty heavy rotation of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's going to be a challenge right off the bat in week one. I don't want to overstate yeah. what Buffalo has. They don't have what Pittsburgh has up front. There no. are, are arguments made that the Steelers had the number one overall defensive front in the NFL. So. But – the Bills made strides, no question, toward they getting got back numbers. to where they were. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have numbers. And not only that, man, I personally think they have one of the best young linebackers in the world in Tremaine Edmonds, Terrell's yeah. brother. Um, I heard stories about this guy in camp from guys I know that was in camp with him a rookie year. And he was just saying, like, I, I asked him, I said, man, how, how good is this, this Edmonds dude? Like, he – he should probably be playing DN instead of, you know, a middle yeah, linebacker because yeah. he's so tall and range. He was like, no lie, he runs like a deer. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, when we were all tired, he was just still going. And I think <laughs> that's that's what they are trying to do. They're trying to surround guys around him so that he can go do that stuff. I heard his speed is out of this world. We've seen that. He's a young yeah budding star in this league and not only just him but matt milano is another guy that's in middle linebacker that i think they recently paid in buffalo again the first line of their defense is solid what they did this offseason was said let's re up let's find some young talent because there has to be balance they got a bunch of uh older guys that are either you know hold a good part of the salary cap or um they're owed some money so they went and figured out some young guys yeah, and speaking of young guys, that's who's going to be taking them on. That's the other component here. Uh, yeah. We've seen things play out with the Steelers on the offensive line front this week where we now have, it seems like, a pretty good picture, barring any major surprises as to what they're going to do. Left to right, it's going to be Dan yeah. Moore, the fourth-round rookie at left tackle. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I, see, I see you cringing mm-hmm. there. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, Kevin Dotson next to him, Kendrick Green. Trey Turner, the only real veteran of the group at right guard, and then Chuk Sikorafor back at his, I guess you could call it his natural position, but the one that he spent the most time in in the NFL at right tackle. Uh, Moan, where are you? One to ten on a nervous scale. I'm about a six or seven. Okay. Just because it's, it's, it is a lot of youth, and they've done well this preseason. I believe in that group because why? I have helped bring some of those guys through. So I know they have the ability to do it, but it's one of those things where it's like where you teach your kids how to drive. As long as you're in the car with them, you're fine. You get yeah. nervous. <laughs> but, and I'm not even at that point. I'm just imagining it coming forward. But as soon as you say, hey, go run to the store to get this, and you give them the keys to yourself to, by themselves, it's like, oh, my gosh. I hope you're going to be okay. That's where I'm at with them. It's like they're driving on the road for the first time because this is a big test. This And it's not like it's an NFC team. This is an AFC team, a damn good AFC team. And they're going to have their hands full. We know, if anything, that first quarter, first half is going to be lights out because nobody wants to start off 0-1. And what better way to attack? We th- 
the Steelers have strong points everywhere on the field, except the biggest question mark yeah. is that offensive line. Yeah, and, and and the variable in that, obviously, that's a little bit unset. Actually, the most unsettling by a mile is that the the left tackle in particular is protecting yeah. your Canton bound franchise quarterback, uh, and and that's where we get into one of the decisions. Mike Tomlin kind of downplayed this this week because mostly because he downplays everything. But <laughs> if you if you get into why Dan Moore is where he is and why Chooks is where he is, they got into comfort level. Moore, when he was at Texas A and M, spent three years on the left side. On the left. And I think it's starts yeah, have been on the right. And Chooks' starts, and I, I think they reached the point between Adrian Clem and Tomlin and Matt Canada where they just said, look, we know we're not going to have Zach Banner. Now Banner's on, on IR, IR, which means he's got to miss at least three games. We know we're not going to have him. Let's just go for maximum comfort level. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a good thing to do, too. One thing you can't be as a coach and with players is to make them play in positions they're not used to. We've heard guys go through this all the time. Well, the coach didn't. The coach didn't. And we think they're just, you know, complaining. And a lot of the time, though, it goes to be true. Coaches can use you wrong. Dan Moore is a guy that comes out of a university that played big-time ball. He's a big-time player, big kid. And if he's played on the left side, why make him go right? It's just at a point where it's just like you don't have enough time. Zach is on IR. Yes. And that's where the decision's got to be made. Am, Am I nervous for the kid? I think we all are. But in the same sense, you know, he's got to be a true pro. And the same thing that the guys told me when it was my time to start playing too, hey, grow up. You're not a rookie no more. It's 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 time for you to realize now this is what you dream for, what you asked for. Go get it. Yeah, this is, I mean, the thing about Moore that jumps out at me, and, and this was after I, I paid special attention to him this week in practice okay. for obvious reasons is that there's a real maturity about him. Actually, that applies to Dotson as well. Where you, you just see yeah. these guys and Green. They don't strike you as, as rookies. You know who does, actually, out of the whole group? Is Banner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Because uh, no, I mean, he can be kind of a goofy guy and everything else. The rest <sighs> of them are so serious and so poised. But that's a, that's a, a damn good thing, DK, because – they know what's in front of them. Um, if, if they capitalize on these moments, man, this is going to be huge for just not now for the rest of their careers. Like, like the market has a, a way to, like, really put a stake in the ground. Oh, yeah. Are you, you kidding? At that if, position? If, if we can be honest, DK, it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. You've run across a lot of people that you like and you love. Like, man, I hope that guy stay around. But if Danmore goes out and play well, and you got two guys. Well, you got one guy in particular, and Chooks coming up on the contract. What happens, DK? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you know, like I know, the business will find a way to try to make it work for itself. And the business will always find a way to reward the left tackle. Let's not forget yes. about that. Yes, they will. <laughs> but I, I have confidence in Chooks more than anything. I'm looking on that very young left side. And like you said, if they're mature as you say they are, I'll roll with it too because really you've got no option right now. No, you really don't. When we come back, we're going to talk about pass versus run in this offense. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. 
I'm Dayan Kovacevic. He's Ramon. And Ramon, we're going to be looking at pass versus run here mm -hmm. uh, for this Bills game in particular. Uh, this is the one game that you as an offensive coordinator have months to yeah. script. Yeah. It's almost, not almost, it's too much time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, how much how much do you expect the Steelers to engage in I mean you you've worked with Matt Kennedy you know what he wants to do here what 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 do you expect here from this offense a lot of pass a lot of run I say establishing a run that's been the main topic this entire offseason last year even with the struggles is we got to find the run we got to find a run well, what better way to do it with this defense and also with the you know the I, with, with the topic of this being a young OL well, the thing that we know about this group is they can't wait to get physical. That's what we've seen in a little bit of the preseason. That's what Adrian Clem said that he was going to do with this group is get them physical. I think they're a bigger group. We we know that this group has some size to them from Trey all the way over. Chooks is a big guy, too. We, we spoke a little bit about the Buffalo Bills defense, uh, particularly their defensive line. If you're smart, you see it's not a whole lot of depth. You go beat those guys up until they finally crack. And also, you got a young stud in Najee Harris right now that's that's ready to go, ready to show that he belongs in this league. Why not put him on display? Why not let him settle in? The big shots, the reverses, the motions, and all of that should be a setup for the run, period. Mm. I, I think that's where they should live at. This game against the Bills has to be, hey, we can use Ben if we want to. We have him because he's one of the best ever. Like, But the run game has to be set now. Because if this is Ben's last year, you want this group moving on to whoever the next quarterback is going to be with a lot of confidence, man. And I think the best thing to do is to have a guy like Ben say, hey, put it on his back. I'm here to support you also. When the time comes, we'll go to the air. And the receivers are going to understand that too because if you can get the run game started, you know the passing game comes quick. You can have three receivers still out there and run the ball well. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for with this group, especially in this first game. Like I said, I don't think Buffalo's depth is real big. And I say you beat them down as much as you can. Yeah, that might be some three and outs, but guess what? We're going to chip away at this rock until we can't no more. If you trust that defense. Yeah, that's, that's you what trust I was going to say defense. about the three and out, because this is something in, in your playing days that you and I talked a lot about. And actually, so did all of you guys on the offensive line was about committing to the run. Yeah. Committing. Now, we can talk until we're blue in the face about committing, but you just mentioned a three and out. And I'm going to give you the hypothetical. They go out there, first series, one yard, loss of two, incomplete pass. What do you do in the next series? Because you know, <laughs> Go ahead. Go. What do you do? I, I, I got to come out and run it again because that shows I'm here all day. That's what the run game is about. It's so easy, DK, to go to a two-yard slant to try to get five yards or a quick screen outside or mm -hmm. a receiver doing a reverse on a trick plate. Like, no. Our games, our years where we were better as a team, as an offense, it was simply this. We knew we were going to run the ball. They knew we were going to run the ball. I tell this all the time, not all the time, but I said we used to line up and tell them, hey, we're running the ball right here. Stop it. That's where you go. That gives confidence to that offensive line also. And, again, the years that we had big-time rushes, we also had 1,000-yard receivers. Yes. Guys who, who, who went to other teams and got big contracts still. That's just a bonus. And why not use this youth that you have? They're coming off the ball damn good. They're moving guys around. Yeah, that's the thing. That's one of the things that I wanted to, to, to bring up with you was 
when you have the young guys and you simplify the game, not that these guys are dumb by any stretch of the imagination. It's Simplicity pretty is the group. best, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's what I wanted to say here is that if if your positional coach, Adrian Clem, has spent the whole summer and the whole offseason emphasizing mm-hmm. physical, go hit that guy, hit that guy, pound him, pound him, move him back, doesn't that make running the ball that much more logical? It does. And, and that's what I have a feeling they're going to do and rely on this year. I, I Ben is going to have his yards. There's no other way around that. They're going to get him. That talent in that room, I looked at it recently because I was doing a comparison for my job here in Nashville. And I was just looking at him. I was like, oh, my. Number one, everybody's homegrown in that room right now at wide receiver. That's Deontay, James Washington, uh, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ray Ray McLeod, all homegrown guys. They understand what it is moving forward. They know they're going to get the ball. And I think if they're smart, they move forward and they use themselves also in the running game to block. Because if if the run game eats, they will eat. I don't know if there's a more talented core. Just being completely honest, there might be bigger names at other teams. But I read you all five guys that's on the active roster right now, and those five guys can go play for some other team right now. Well, I, I definitely throw in – Pat Fryermuth at tight yep. end too as a Didn't target. Mention him. Oh, oh, and by the way, one of the guys who lines up at wide receiver all the time is twenty-two. Yep. Uh, expect to see a lot of that from Najee Harris. Uh, they're not and, even trying to make it a secret. <laughs> and also Eric Ebron, who's a big athlete. Yeah. Also, I yep. mean, there's mixed matches all over the field and the run game, though has to be established and you know what this is something i feel like we lacked also towards the end because the pass game just got too easy too it it genuinely did ben knows what the hell he's doing in no huddle like <laughs> it is a work of art dk like <laughs> dog he just give us hey 52 76 like he go to the line I, I got it from here and this communication with those guys up front when it's his time to do it is amazing but what you get caught up caught up in sometime towards the latter part of the season is when a ball gonna look cold, gloves you gotta figure out which ones work to catch the ball and stuff like that. It's the fact that you gotta lie rely heavy on that run game. And if for anything this year with that 17th game, with the playoff structure the way it is, and the teams that you're gonna see, Baltimore, Titans, Bills, all of the A1 teams in the league, the Browns controlling the game against them, who's got a two-headed monster in the backfield, you better get a defensive breather and run that ball the way you're supposed to. When we come back, a slice of life with Ramon that I know what this is about, and you're not going to want to miss it. (laughs) Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon. I'm Dan, and this is our slice of life with Ramon segment, which generally we have no plan for yeah. this show we just like kind of show up and whatever and then the way this works is ramon starts telling some i just say, how are you ramon and he starts with some really good story and i say hang on we're using that today <laughs> so here it is congratulations ramon on what did you do adopt somebody the way you no, it to me? <laughs> i told you earlier i was like man i just became a father of a 13 year old you was like what did you, you adopted like, yeah i was <laughs> like, like what no no, which is a beautiful process. Okay. I was like, nah, my kid RJ became a teenager today. Today's his birthday. He turned 13. Uh, so um 
it was it was kind of cool, man. Number one, it's, it's awesome. Uh, his story is, is very unique in itself. He came into the league when I came into the league. Uh, me and his mom married now, college sweethearts, all that beautiful stuff, man. RJ has a very unique story. Had open heart surgeries like four or five months, uh, five months ago as an infant, man. Did well with that. You never know. We're going to measure him today, DK, people listening. I mm-hmm. think he's 13 and 6'2". He's 6'2". And where is he as this show is being recorded? At football practice. Oh, he is at football practice. He's at football practice. We got a rule in our house. You can't play football to the seventh grade. And he's seventh grade now. So, uh, but today's his birthday, man. I've been thinking all day, like, golly, I'm a friggin', I'm a dad <laughs> to a teenager. You know what well, I'm saying? Share with everyone about the rule because you you've talked to me about that about about the the kids where they've played other sports, but it was no football until no seventh football. grade. Why is that? Because to me, I feel like you one you put your kids in sports whenever you want to, especially tackle football. Um, what I've seen from youth football, and I'm not trying to kill the sport when I say this. This is my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I didn't play to the seventh grade. My brother Renardo, who also played in the NFL, didn't play to the ninth grade. The right. Castro didn't play to the ninth or tenth grade. You got a guy like Pouncey playing at five years old. Okay. So there's different spectrums, different, you know, timelines for your kids. Me personally, I view sometimes youth football is just a pile of bodies running around. They're a lot like youth soccer, but yeah, yeah it's, just... it's it's three, <laughs> sometimes four kids out there maximum that really know what's going on and everybody else is just scattered brain looking around. And I'm just like, why waste your time with that? When we get to the seventh grade, you get introduced. Now me and RJ are at the point where we're doing stuff outside. Like I didn't do anything with him as far as tackle football goes to get him ready. Cause I'm like, number one, football is a sport in which you got to be intentional about what you're doing. Um, you, you have to, it's a sport where the physicality either going to, you're going to enjoy it. You're gonna walk away from it. So I didn't want to have any influence on it, any expectations of him doing it. I just tell him if you start it, you better finish it. But the other part is now that I see you want to do it, now we'll start working. So he's playing tight end and outside linebacker because he's a long, slender kid. Yeah, I was gonna say at that age, that would probably be I'm sure everybody eventually is gonna profile him based on his dad's career. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But they had him at quarterback, too. So he's done that because he's the big kid can see over the line. Uh-huh. And um, we've, we haven't lifted. Now at 13 is where I start introducing him to, okay, we're going to start lifting. I'm going to show you the technique that we need to do because you're in it. He He's a seventh grader that moved himself up to the uh, the varsity, worked himself up to the varsity team because they got two teams with JV in middle school and a varsity mm-hmm. middle school team. That's that many kids out there. And he's worked himself up. He was a little disappointed initially when he didn't make the varsity squad. But now he's like, okay. As a seventh grader? As a seventh grader. And I had to just okay. tell him, like, you can yeah. be mad. <laughs> be mad about playing JV, okay? But use that. Be in that. Like, go to practice, whoop up on somebody, and take advantage of your opportunity. That's my approach to it. Nobody gave me a preference to, I mean, a preference to like, tell this what you're supposed to do. But now that he's in it, I'll lead him the way, man. And that's my goal is to push him forward uh, with that. Now, it's just parents. It's on you if you want to. But I just think it's falling bodies until they're in middle school, honestly. Well, it's also about playing multiple sports, which is something else we've talked about. And if you go through athletes who are successful, who make Mm -hmm. it to the major leagues, as you did, and I'm referring to any and all sports here, 
the number who have made it, who played one sport and mm -hmm. focused on it entirely, is really low. It's low. I I've heard of some coaches recently that will not recruit a kid if he's only doing one thing. Wow. Because one, that means he's overworked in one sport. You don't find time to really work on other things also as far as the body movements. Like, football helps my son with baseball. And that's one, honestly, if I could pick, he's he would pitch. Like, he's got a pretty, really good arm, if I'm being uh, honest about it. But uh, sliding, he's six foot at like 11 years old, okay, at the time. So sliding wasn't his thing. Um, this past year, they had spring ball. He's 12 years old at the time. Spring ball. And just sliding in the base just wasn't – that's a long way to get down, I guess, for a kid who yeah. hadn't – he's been the big kid, so he can always hit it. So he's never had to slide. Yeah. Um, and eventually when you he get older, <laughs> he just run to it, you know, or he hit it so hard to where he's always safe. Yeah. But this past year has been one of those years where it's just like – Yo, you got to get down. Like those grounders, you need to get down because these kids can get the ball on the infield. Just it couldn't click. And it, it he'd do it, but it wouldn't look good. Went to spring ball, spring football practice. Saw how physical it can be. Okay, summer baseball pulled up. He's sliding like it's nothing. So I, I think football mentally helped him realize that, look, sliding ain't a big thing. This is something that's, that's easy, which I think, like you said, playing multiple sports, which – he do football, basketball, and baseball is what he's doing, and I think that's good. Well, you know, you know, one football player who could have taught him sliding. Who's that? That would be Peyton Manning, pal. <laughs> Don't give me started on that Denver game. Don't give me that coming. Don't get me started on that Denver playoff game, and I love Peyton. Go Vols, man! What? <laughs> It was that's your hoodie what, that made me think. Yeah, of it. that's what, come on. I, when I see Peyton in person, I'm gonna ask him, "Did you give it up?" Okay. <laughs> of course he. I was right behind the end zone. I saw him. And the play's yeah. over. I almost started looking around to to Thank make you. my notes on the play. And all. What gets, do you know? The play's still going. But but hey, you said not to talk about it. He gets up and freaking throw it to Emmanuel Sanders on the sideline. I'll never yes. forget. Um. But the cool thing about celebrating my kid's birthday today is last night we tried to do on birthdays, make it personal, okay? So my wife asked him, um, RJ, what do you want me to cook for you? Like, I'll cook for you. And uh, he was like, Mom, I kind of want lasagna. And she's like, okay, I can do that. And then two minutes later, he was like, but, Mom, I'd rather have Dad's lasagna. Whoa! Was, oh, no! That's a W in the Dad column! Dad wins that one! <laughs> I was like... And I'm driving on the way back from baseball practice, okay? He had a late, and I'm like, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, <laughs> that is, oh, he you can't me. ever let that go. She he has to hear me. about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he chose me, DK. I was oh. like, heck yeah, dads, we get one. <laughs> oh man, but, well you gotta work hard. On yeah. that lasagna, every layer will be a layer of love of that pasta. I'll be playing music and just <laughs> corrals it around, like Italian music and stuff going on. And yeah, it's so like no. all dressed up chef's hat. The whole I got meal. a robe, I might put it on. I got an apron, I may put on. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it up tonight, but. I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm, I'm at a point where it's, uh, I'm realizing my kid got less years in his house than he's had. You know what I'm saying? He's mm -hmm. five years away from graduating, probably closer to being out. You know it. Your parents I'm, got I'm when they start right driving. Yeah, I heard when they start driving, you don't start seeing them. So for 
me to get a small victory, us really, because this man is my um, get a small victory like that, man. That hits me in the feels, DK. That is good, good stuff. Moan, let's do this again next week in advance of actual football. This is better than any other production in the world. Yeah, of course I'm kind of done. <laughs> All right.